You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. A lot of people hear us say things a certain way and perceive it as bad grammar, which is actually good grammar in African-American vernacular. They hear us do things that the textbook doesn't say that we're supposed to do. So they, they sometimes they get that feeling that, oh, well, you know, Black people don't speak English properly, but, which isn't the case. We're just speaking another English. When we talk about reconsidering your normal, have you ever paused to think about how language and our perceptions of it can play a huge piece into it? If not, today is the day that we dig into it. Welcome to Pause on the Play, where we challenge you to reconsider your normal as well as your preconceived notions so that you can lead and influence in moving toward greater inclusivity, equity, and diversity for everyone. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday. This week, Indy and I are talking with E.K. Powell. We are digging into language. We are going into AAVE, which is African-American Vernacular English, and the public perception that shows up around it, and maybe even some unpopular opinions. So make sure you keep listening in. Good morning, India. Good morning. How are you? I am good. My kids still are not in school yet, so I'm trying to keep my sanity, but I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you on that. I am here. I am really excited to have this conversation because I, I think we talk about language pretty often, and I think language sometimes it's just like, well, what's your word choice or how are you saying something? And, you know, what do you mean and how those things match up? But I think sometimes there's a larger piece there as well as like, well, what's socially acceptable to say and why? So I'd really like to kind of kind of dig into that. And I'm curious what curious what you think when it comes to language like I feel like we talked about it but do you think we have um as far as like digging into like different types of languages and styles of language not as much on the podcast I don't think so but we do a lot in the community um it's actually been interesting because I just posted this recently so you might not have seen it yet but I did a post in pause on the play the community a few days ago where um I was asking the members, do they speak any other languages than English? And how does that affect 
um, their ability or style of communicating with others or communication in general with others. And some of the answers coming out of that are things that like I never considered because my normal is English. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's and this is where I think it's so important to really have that space of reconsidering your normal because you're going to go with what your typical is, what your kind of base is. And so stepping out of that is really helpful. And I think we'll get a little bit of insight in that today with our guest, E.K. Powell. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about him, please? Of course. E.K. Powell is the owner and content creator of the What's Good English TikTok account and YouTube channel. And he grew up in Peruria, He's going to have to correct me on the pronunciation of that. Illinois. He graduated from Southern Illinois University, traveled the world, and developed a love for language and linguistics. Through his social media, he hopes to share his love of language, learning, and show that AAVE is a language to be respected. And for those of you that may not be familiar with that acronym, it stands for African American Vernacular English. Welcome, E.K., Thank you for having me on. The pleasure is all ours. So I always like to have people kind of tell a little bit about themselves because I always think there's the bio and here's who I am. <laughs> and <laughs> as as EK the human, because in my opinion, um, I was first introduced to you um, through social media and your personality fully shows up in your content, <laughs> which is one of the things that I think is a, is a huge benefit of where, you know, edutainment really does showcase who a person is. So let's uh, talk a little bit about who you are as a human. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm from a small town in Illinois called Peoria. Um, It's like three hours south of Chicago. I I describe it as the biggest city in the middle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know a better way to (laughs) describe it. uh, But yeah, um, I grew up like, you know, in, in the Midwest, I mean, like as far as language goes, like my choices when I was in high school and, you know, you had to learn a language. If you wanted to go to college, it was like, all right, cool. You know, you can learn um, French or German or Spanish, pick one. And I was like, but like, I want to learn Chinese, man. Like, can, can I learn Chinese or Japanese, man? Like, I want to go to Japan where they make the video games and whatnot. And they were like, no, nah, these are your choices. Um, but as far as language goes, like, it's, um, it's actually for me a story of like failure and redemption. You know, I, I did the, the two years of high school Spanish like everybody did and didn't learn anything, couldn't mm-hmm. like speak to anyone in Spanish beyond like, oh, como esta, estoy bien, and all that stuff. I, I probably wouldn't have even said it like that as a kid because I wouldn't have known how to conjugate my verbs properly. I've corrected that mistake now. Um, but in college, uh, I actually learned a lot of Mandarin Chinese and I had a really good, you know, uh, language teacher that kind of like really, uh, gave me the love for learning languages and, and thinking about language and stuff like that. Um, like, uh, like it says in my bio, like I have traveled for, I've, I've traveled the world, like, uh, and seen a lot of the world. Um, I was in Europe, like two years ago, um, uh, on a Euro tour with, uh, with my friend that actually kind of rekindled my love for, um, uh, learning languages again. 
and um it kicked off like my whole like spanish language journey kick uh and i I talk a lot about spanish here and like i use it like in my videos and on uh on my youtube channel because that's really what gave me my youtube channel i spent all of the pandemic uh pretty much learning spanish and I went from almost zero, like all the way to fluent. And through that process, I spoke with a lot of people who had a very high level of understanding English, but like the idioms that we use all the time or stuff with African-American vernacular, they just had no clue on. Like I could say something that would just throw everybody for a loop like yo what what does that mean or like that's that's how you pronounce that or whatever so it's like i'm like okay well there's a gap here and you know i kind of went down the the language learning community rabbit hole of youtube and i was you know i fell in love with it and you know there's tons of people making videos about you know how to learn languages how to learn a specific language just language learning theory in general one there's not a lot of people in that space that look like me and sound like me and two there wasn't a channel that i saw that was really kind of not taking itself seriously but talking about you know some some language learning stuff but like hey you know if you pronounce this word this way like don't worry about it dude like we like we can understand you you don't have to pronounce everything correctly like your grammar doesn't have to be a hundred percent correct you know language learning isn't math you can get 30 percent of a sentence correct and we can still figure out what you intended to say so I I saw that gap and I was like, well, I could try to fill that gap, you know, with with my own content. So I started just making a list of like different idioms that we say and I was going to do like, you know, maybe like a 2 to 3 minute video about all the different ways that we use something like you're barking up the wrong tree. And from that, I got more ideas and I was like, oh, you know what? I should probably talk about African American vernacular because if all of these people are confused by the way that I talk and the way that I sound when I say certain things, you know, when they come over to the US, they're going to encounter us and, you know, they're either going to not understand us and try to avoid us or think that the way that we talk is just wrong that we're using, you know, a lot of bad grammar and think that we have like some sort of like educational issue or something like that or so Mm -hmm. i really wanted to to quell a lot of that um and also get the message out to you know just regular old native english speakers like hey you know like this thing exists like we've got all these different ways to you know communicate the exact same thing but you know in in our vernacular you know like most all of us um grow up learning it so or grow up speaking it so we need to present that um african-american vernacular is something that i don't believe we've like explicitly talked about here on the podcast would you mind sharing a little bit about like what that is and how you're defining that yeah definitely um so african-american vernacular basically um they brought a bunch of enslaved people over from africa in the 1600s and they were prevented from using their own mother tongue, you know, so it was like, okay, you can't speak 
whatever language that you know how to speak anymore. They separated the people that spoke the same language so that they couldn't, you know, secretly communicate and try to start a rebellion or anything like that. And they forced everyone to speak English, but they didn't, you know, teach us how to speak English properly. And, you know, it was for, it was prohibited to, you know, teach a slave or even a freedman, you know, how to read. I mean, so if you, give me if you, if you force me to you know learn english but you don't teach me how to say things the way that you want me to say things and you don't correct it over time i am eventually going to speak english but i'm probably going to add in you know different aspects from you know maybe languages that i already knew how to speak or i'm just going to like i'm going to make something work but it's going to be an alternate version and it's uh, so it, it sounds exactly well, not exactly like, but it sounds very close to what we call standard English or standard American English. A lot of people hear us say things a certain way and perceive it as bad grammar, which is actually good grammar in African-American vernacular. For example, the way that we use the word be like I be reading loads of books, for example, that means that that action happens habitually if i were to say that or translate that in the standard american english it would be i read a lot of books all the time but it doesn't quite convey the exact same meaning of i be reading um but that's uh, how we <laughs> like how i grew up you know speaking with you know my family and my friends and everything and that's the exact same way a lot of us grew up speaking with a lot of our families and friends. And, you know, we're kind of bilingual with a lot of us are bilingual with standard English and African-American vernacular. You know, we know that there are right ways and wrong ways to say things. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And what you said with the right and the wrong way, um, I think often we're taught that AAVE is wrong. And it's not, it's not. exactly. And so I'm glad that you, you laid that out that way because of the fact that I don't think that people really understood like the origin of it and that this is not simply slang because I think that it often is categorized that way. And that's not really what it is, but to essentially tell someone, Hey, the way that you grew up talking, don't do that. Like that's, that's very uh, stigmatizing and harmful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's a wrong way to speak AAVE. Um, I just did an episode on my channel about bad grammar in AAVE and how people often try to imitate it because they think it's just bad grammar and they fail and the mistakes are hilarious in some cases. <laughs> For example, um, in the, in the Ebonics fiasco, um, the New York Times uh, had this full page ad uh, from this nonprofit group that wanted to speak out against Ebonics because, I mean, like, which is this is a super sad story because people intended to start this whole program to try to teach kids that already spoke Ebonics how to speak standard English better um, to improve the racial gap in education. And the story got mixed up through, you know, like all kinds of like uh, reporters that didn't actually do the work to figure out 
what exactly the school intended to do. Um, but it got changed into they're going to teach Ebonics in school. And anyways, the New York Times takes out this huge full page ad, which would have cost thousands upon thousands of dollars to speak out against Ebonics. And on the ad, there was a picture of someone that could possibly had been Martin Luther King Jr. And it said just in big block letters, I has a dream. Oh God. And nobody that speaks Ebonics is going to say I has a dream. That is incorrect Mm-mm. Ebonics. That sounds like something that they would have said we said in like a 1950s movie. Like, exactly. Master, I has a dream. That's exactly. not. Exactly. No. So, but I'm going to pause you for a second on that. Can you clarify the difference between AAVE and Ebonics? Yeah, absolutely. So for one, like I said, no one would say I has a dream. It just would have been I have a dream, you know, but, you know, if if they wanted it to be Ebonics, they, they could have said something more like I be dreaming and that would make sense. Like Martin Luther King could have said, I be dreaming that someday, you know, Maybe we can be out here with, you know, white kids and black kids, like sharing the same space and and all that together. Like we, we know when you say it, we know when you say it wrong, just like we know when you speak standard English wrong, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a certain, there's a certain black sound as well with like the pronunciations of words and stuff like that. Um, John McWhorter talked about it a bit in his book, Talking Back, Talking Black, where there's um, there's a huge overlap with Southern English and the way that that sounds and Black English or Ebonics, African-American vernacular. We've got so many titles. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, for example, he's from Texas. He's got sort of that Southern accent. But like he doesn't sound like me. You know, Samuel Jackson does not sound like Matthew McConaughey, you know. Obama doesn't sound like Matthew McConaughey when he's talking to a crowd of all black people and he code switches a little bit to be more relatable to us. So there's there's a specific sound and like you can tell like Americans, just most people in general. Um, I was actually talking to um, a girl from Ukraine uh, the other day about like how we say certain things. And she was like, oh yeah, you know, when when African-Americans say something in like some movies and stuff like that that I watch, like it's hard to understand or, or I can tell when, you know, a voice is is black. So like mm-hmm. it <laughs> is wild. Yeah, there's, there's that. Um, and we had a recent episode with Jeff Harry and we were talking about code switching. So as we mentioned that here, if you have uh, questions on that, we can always link back to that and you can go back and hear a little bit of our context as we talked about code switching too. Yeah, it's called uh, Challenge the Politics in Your Workplace, I believe. Yes, you are correct. That is it. I don't remember the number of it. I'll look for the episode number. <laughs> we'll put it in there. One of the things that you said uh, that stood out to me is you said that we're bilingual. And I've never had, I've never heard or or seen anyone present it that way, Um, (laughs) that this is a a whole other language and we're holding space for African-American vernacular and standard American English at the same time. I'm wondering like what drew you to the conclusion to kind of frame it that way as being bilingual? 
Right. So it's sort of a hot take and not everyone agrees with it. But like for one, most linguists like are like the, the argument between a lot of people, a lot of linguists is that it's either a language or it's another dialect. So whether you want to say bilingual, bidialectal, whatever, and like the, the line between language and dialect is like super thin anyway. But like we are holding space for both in in our heads. Like if you if you look at, for example, um, let's say Dutch and Afrikaans, like it they are so close. Like a Dutch person can speak Dutch to someone from South Africa. Uh, that speaks Afrikaans and it is intelligible. It's, it's almost the same language as a few words and pronunciations that are a little bit weird, but like they can understand each other. Um, You can also look at like the relation between um, like Portuguese and Galatian. It's Galatian has like Spanish spelling and like a little bit of Spanish pronunciation, but like, also Portuguese pronunciation of of certain syllables and they use the words from Portuguese like red isn't rojo it's vermilho which is like what it would have it's it's weird like you can look at that relation and they're like super intelligible or um where the uh Oregon or where the Oakland school board um, kind of got the idea from with their, you know, Ebonics curriculum that they intended to implement was from the, um, what, the Scandinavian countries of, you know, with Danish and Swedish and Norwegian. All three of those language, all three of those languages are like super, like similar that like you can speak one to uh, like a Norwegian speaker can speak, you know, Norwegian to a Danish speaker and they can understand each other um, in schools where the people spoke these other variants of like the three languages, they decided, okay, instead of us trying to say you're speaking, you know, Swedish wrong, for example, like we'll just have you translate what you say in Norwegian into Swedish, and that worked out a lot better, which is what they intended to do with Ebonics and Standard American English back in the nineties. It just didn't work out that way. But there, there's clearly, even though they're super intelligible, like there are clear differences. Like there are whole other tenses with AAVE. For example, we've got, you know, a special past tense where if something happened a while ago, we can just say like, oh man, I've been had these shoes. Like you think they're new, but yeah, I've been bought them like a while ago. Um, There's also like our habitual tense that I mentioned, you know, I be reading means I read all the time, but it doesn't exactly mean I read all the time, you know? Um, there are like extra steps we can take on that. Uh, for example, you know, we can use that tense to describe a characteristic of someone. Like if I be forgetting, that means I'm a forgetful person. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if my friend Jake gets hungry, I can say, oh yeah, that's Jake. That'd be getting hungry. And that doesn't mean that Jake is a hungry person. That means that when I see Jake, he's not hungry. And at some point in time, he's going to get hungry before like we, we part ways and he goes home or whatever. So it takes so many words to describe that. And we can just, you know, say that with, oh yeah, man, that's Jake that'd be getting hungry. 
you know, there, there's not an English word for that either. So like how do you, like it's in some ways it's a lot more expressive while at the same time being a lot more, um, oh dear God, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's a lot more expressive at the same time being um, cutting out a lot of extra stuff that um, that standard English has. Yeah, the word that came to mind for me was concise. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and honestly, from what you said, the first thing that came to my mind is that um, people typically vilify what they don't understand. And so when you have a word, that, like you said, means multiple things. And, you know, a lot of your videos, like it'll take something like a a word or a phrase and it'll demonstrate the three or four ways that it could be used. And they all have different meanings based on the inflection or the tone or the the phrasing of it, but it's still the same thing. And so it almost feels like, you know, when people can't break it down and give it hard and fast rules, oh, something's wrong with it let's just say it's it's not it's not good we don't use this right well speaking of something's wrong it makes me think about uh the content that you created around the idea of like arnold schwarzenegger would you mind sharing (laughs) a little bit about that with our listeners yeah for example so i did i uploaded this video about ask and i said there's no reason to like there's no actual social reason that comes up where you need to pronounce ask like ask instead of axe, which many black people are the butts of all of the ask versus axe jokes. Like, oh, you want to ask me a question? You're, you're going to cut me in half or something like that? Like, it, It's nearly always us. But we don't judge people that have like a super heavy foreign accent you know so if i'm not judging arnold schwarzenegger for example for pronouncing working like verking with that sort of b because or that with that v sound uh, because you know his accent he's got that austrian accent you know they Mm -hmm. their w's sound like v's and he's gotten it to where it sounds like a mix between a w and a v but you know if if you can hear him say, oh, I'm working today instead of I'm working today and not have some, you know, adverse reaction like, oh, stop saying it that way, you know, but you can't hear me saying ax instead of ask and, and, and you think there's something, you know, wrong with me or that I have to convert to like whatever your your standard is for how that word should be, you know, said, you know, that that's, you know, prescriptivist is classist and being that we're the, the butts of the jokes, like, and not, you know, some like random other non-black person, then yeah, it is steeped in racism, that, that judgment Mm -hmm. that we receive. Thank you for calling it what it is. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Um, And that, and I mean, that's an, that's an, an ideal example of it because again it's fine when he says it but not if someone that looks like us says it so yeah calling it as it is is necessary and in having examples like that of having um the post on instagram that you put up i has a dream when you are showing the new york times ad um you know when you're having this dialogue with people, whether it's through your YouTube videos, whether it's through your TikTok um, videos, all of the things that you're doing, what is what is it that you hope you're going to impact? What's the overarching impact or change that you hope to create? 
Give me a short version because I know it's a big <laughs> one just because of the fact that you're doing something large. Like this is not a small thing. So yeah. are you asking him what is his dream? <laughs> <laughs> I have a dream. <laughs> like, what dream you have. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Okay. A couple of things. So one, um, as I said, there are not a lot of content creators that look like me in that foreign language space that are like, hey, you know, learn this. Like, this is super cool. We should be learning languages because we should. And if you ever want to learn a lot about your language, learn another language. It will teach you so much about the language that you already speak. So in, uh, in that regard of, you know, like kids that like, you know, little black kids out there that, you know, see me and get inspired to try to learn Spanish or some other language. I want that. And as far as, you know, AVE goes to show people that, you know, this is something that should be respected, you know, like in this country, there's like a long history of people telling us that the way that we do things aren't worth anything. You know, they told us jazz wasn't worth nothing. They told us rock and roll wasn't worth nothing. Now it's like almost exclusively white jazz bands. Mm-hmm. Don't and, get me started. Ooh, don't yeah, get me started on that. You know, and Elvis mm-hmm. Presley is the king of rock. And, mm-hmm. you know, sure, well, you know the thief of rock. The thief of rock. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we invented country music and, you know, Little Nas X like got told that Old Town Road wasn't a country song by Billboard. He had to add Billy Ray Cyrus to the song for it to rank in the the country charts on Billboard. Like, how is that even a thing? Tony, mm. when we start talking about the pilfering of music, I start getting (laughs) itchy and hot and I start getting real irritated. Yeah, yeah. Yes, in because unfortunately there is a historical pattern of um, labeling things as wrong so that they can be co-opted and profited from, and it's like, mm-mm, nope, no, 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 and and but it it addresses the fact of how there's a lot of people that love to take AAVE and to step into it to put it on as you know a, a a coat for today that they can hang back up in their closet when it's convenient because you know you can step yeah. in and out of it whenever you want to you can just move into that space and and choose to speak that way um, or to communicate in that way and then when you're done with it i'm going to go back to the king's english now and it's like eh, uh-uh. yeah exactly um with which is why I get so many comments about like oh who is this for you know what's this for on on TikTok I, I don't really get those comments on stuff that I release on YouTube but there are always black people in my comments like who are you making this for black people already understand this you know you're supposed to be gatekeeping and you know I understand that hundred percent like you know just because of everything that I just said with people telling us our stuff isn't worth anything and then later co-opting it and profiting from it. Um, like which they've already been like doing for like the past, like couple decades now. I mean, you see stuff that we say on t-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff like that at the same time though. I mean, like I have a friend that is, you know, school teacher and, you know, she often shares posts from, uh, I forget the name of the account, but like just like random, like little English jokes about like just like the regular standard English language, like, oh, you know, you say this and and we say that, whatever. And like, I can be entertained by that. 
like why don't we have an equivalent for that you know with aave mm -hmm. like with our stuff like why can we not celebrate our language like why can't we poke fun of it and, and make jokes about it and and stuff like that which is one thing i want to do is just celebrate the thing i mean it's super fun <laughs> like i love speaking you know ave the way i speak i love how we can express ourselves in a way that's completely different than what is considered the normal mm -hmm. also back to my point about you know foreigners you know a lot of times they well not a lot of times it, it's it's what it is you know they learn standard english you know they usually learn british english and depending on how much you know how many american movies and tv shows and stuff like that they'll get an understanding of how we speak things over here but they learn textbook english and right. they hear us do things that the textbook doesn't say that we're supposed to do so they they sometimes they get that that feeling that, oh, well, you know, black people don't speak English properly, like, which isn't the case. We're just speaking another English. So we need to have people understand that, hey, like it's not bad English. It is different English. Um, like I'll, I'll give an example. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. So in the English subjunctive, which is when you want to say, like, if I were you, I would, you know, uh, if I were you, I would go to bed at 10 because you have to get up early tomorrow. That's how you're supposed to say that sentence, if I were you. But what many people do is say, if I was you, that is incorrect. And that drives foreigners nuts. They're like, why did they say it wrong? <laughs> like, I I've heard so many songs and so many people where they say, if I was you, you know, but they can accept that, you know, that's like, okay, well, you know, like maybe it's not that important and, you know, it's, it's fine. People make mistakes all the time, but then, you know, they come and listen to something, listen to us talk or listen to stuff that we say. And, you know, I'd be like, Hey man, I'm gonna be here like 15 minutes, man. You gonna be cool. And it's like, Whoa, whoa what's that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but like, <laughs> I, I understood exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Like y'all got me fine, you know. But like to to some foreigner, like I'm a I'm a b. What what is I'm a, you know? Or just saying like you know, just when I said earlier, I be reading. Like what the like you? Why you are not conjugating that verb? <laughs> That's right. supposed to be conjugated. You know. So and they can and because not everyone does that, and not all of us do that, you know they right. like it can it can be misleading they can think oh black people just don't speak english right we do like we understand standard english like really really well even those of us that don't or cannot code switch we understand you say something to us in standard english we will reply back we might not reproduce exactly standard english but we will reply back we will have understood what you said. Can we address the elephant in the room though? Like Americans don't speak the same English that Europeans speak. And no one's yes. like shitting on Americans for their shitty English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. True. I mean, but it it goes back to the word that you use, gatekeeping, and just that like, you know, this you have to protect this only for these people and nobody else can get in. And there's kind of this thing of like language is for all. Like I had a, a friend that worked with me years ago and 
when it was the whole like, you know, only girls wear pink. Somebody in her family said it. And she was like, no, colors are for everyone. And I kind of it's the same for language because it's like, well, who who says that this is how this has to be done? And it only works this one way or it doesn't work. Because if you say I had gone there and I didn't like it, so I'm not going to do that no more. You understood what I said. <laughs> you got what I said. I didn't might not have said it the way you wanted me to say it, but you understood. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go one step further with that. Like if you separate like the America from black people, like it's there's a lot less judgment as well. Like, for example, Jamaican mm-hmm. English has a lot of overlap with African-American vernacular. They use double negatives like we do. They have Mm -hmm. certain sayings and stuff that sound a lot like what we say, but like everybody's like, oh, that's Jamaican English. Like, oh, that's Jamaica. And there's not that same judgment. If somebody has like a thick Jamaican accent, like, oh, they're from Jamaica, whatever. It's all permissible, you know? But if it's me sounding the way that I sound and, and I say, hey, man, let me ask you something real quick. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to ask me? Like, what? I got to go through all these stupid loops. But, you know, if I had a heavy, like, foreign accent like, or just a Jamaican accent where I'm still black, I'm 100% black in this scenario. Like, and it's like, oh, no, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, you're from Jamaica. Yeah. There's always all of these like stipulations. I agree. Agreed. So as we near the end of our interview, I would love to know from you if there's any unpopular opinions that you'd like to share with us. (laughs) Right. I think my most unpopular opinion is regarding like the is regarding non-black people's usage of AAVE. Me personally, if someone is still themselves when they say certain things. Cause for one, it's impossible to gatekeep AV 100%. Um, I think in the, um, in the book I was reading, um, what's the name of that book? White Negroes by, I wrote down her name to get it right. Um, in the book I was reading White Negroes by Lauren Michelle Jackson, she mentioned you know, like, it's impossible to gatekeep AVE or just black culture in general, like we would have to like move to another planet and we would have to delete every single piece of media that we have ever created, like from this planet and just go live somewhere else completely separate from all of the like non black (laughs) uh, people from America. And, you know, that's, that's impossible. Like also, like with Gen Z, because like they robbed a lot of you know our slang, but mm-hmm. I think the <laughs> at the same time, like it's just a bunch of kids imitating what they think is cool, which is exactly what we all did as kids. So like I can't be super mad. Like I don't think you know they were turning on you know like next Friday and watching that movie like you know, with a paper and pencil in their hand, writing down every single thing that, <laughs> that we said to then go and use, right. you know, like um, I'm sure there's probably a few people that were maliciously doing, I don't know, but I, I can't see it as them um, specifically trying to rob us. I think the issue is like those millennial and Gen X parents who grew up, you know, being told that the way that we were speaking was bad, just like didn't notice that their kids had, 
picked up on what we had been saying for the past, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 some odd years. Right. And they're just like, oh, well, these kids are saying this, this, this weird sort of stuff. Like, like, look, listen to all this slang that these kids are saying. It's like, dude, that's not slang. That's what we've been saying. That's that's what you were judging me for saying twenty years ago when I went to school with you. You know, right? So I think that's the right. bigger problem is that to just give us the credit. Like, I don't mind it so much if someone's not imitating a stereotypical black person. Like, you know. Uh, I say something like everybody and their mama all the time. You know, if one of my friends just naturally uses everybody and their mama in a conversation and they're not doing like a, a stereotypical version of uh, of a black person or they're not impersonating me, like it just right. comes out organically because that happens. You know, your language will change. Um, one of my Spanish tutors like is from Spain, but she was living in Mexico for like years and she's back in Barcelona with her family now. And they're like, dude, you sound like way more Mexican. And she still sounds Spanish. She doesn't have like the Mexican accent, but like even they noticed like her language changed, you know, right. um, it, with me talking to foreigners, like I've changed my English a little bit to say stuff that is um, a little bit easier for them to understand. Like uh, college, for example, I sort of stopped saying because, you know, college in the rest of Europe is like our high school and like mm. colegio in Spanish is actually like a grade school. So like I say university instead of college now, like or uh, when I moved out here to Seattle, everybody was saying no worries instead of don't worry about it or it's OK, it's cool. And mm -hmm. it infected me. And now I'm like, oh, man, it, it'll be all right, man. No worries. No. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I say that, but I got that from uh, a friend of mine years ago that picked it up habitually. And when I say like like 20 years ago, um, being stationed in Hawaii and it came yeah. from them saying mahalo and it would just be like, you know, it meant no worries. And I was like, oh, and I got it from there. It's also like a D.C. area thing, too. See? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I think what comes up with it is, you know, similar to some of what you said in that it's one thing to kind of have something that from proximity gets picked up or this is what you're exposed to. And it's another to try it on and take it off like the outfit of the day when it's convenient yeah. or it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are just like, get these words about your mouth. This is our stuff. And like, I can't, I can't be, I can't join in on that. I'm like, right. yo, like there's like, just give us the credit, man. Just like, yo, this is this thing that y'all created and it's fine mm -hmm. to say. And like y'all should get the credit for it. Like it's the same thing with the TikTok dances, you know. Like we oh create God. the dances, and then <laughs> Just credit give people credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like and acknowledge you have no rhythm otherwise. <laughs> we exactly. Give it to you. Yeah, it's like y'all are doing a bad interpretation of something that we made. Just like <laughs> let them see it, dude. Like let them yes. see the good version first before you. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so bad. Oh gosh. I won't even go down that rabbit hole as a whole. But yes, yes to all of that. So before we go, I know everybody listening wants to check out your content. So can you let them know where they can find you and where they can support what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on TikTok, um, What's Good English, all one word. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel under the same name, What's Good English. I have an Instagram account under a different name because I didn't want to run four accounts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is uh, Nodos88. I'll spell it N 
O D O Z eight eight. Um, yeah, and that is where you can find me. If anybody wants to sponsor me, I'll be happy to do some ads for you about some about some whatever you know, like. Your boy's broke. Help him out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we will also make sure that we have all those things in the show notes. I think this conversation gave a whole lot of things to dig into. And I'm really excited to be able to um, have this conversation and pause on to play the community because I'm like, there's a whole lot of pieces here. I want all of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> For all of this, for your time, for your insight and your intellect, EK. Thank you. Hey, thank you for inviting me on. This was really cool. My pleasure. I think, you know, this conversation really did kind of make me think about the fact that so many things are kind of vilified when they can then be taken away and then co-opted by someone else. And a lot of things that are part of African-American vernacular end up kind of falling in that place and really digging into that. I found that so interesting and I found it um, such a great parallel when we talked about music as an example of that. So being able to really see, you know, what are your perceptions around things? What are you vilifying? Um, consciously or unconsciously and what have you maybe been programmed to think about things i think that was such a great concept and you know the fact that we keep talking about these types of conversations and again that reconsidering of your normal inside pause on the play the community that's such a huge thing so I would really love for you to go on over to pauseonaplay.com forward slash community. You can learn more about it. Join today. That way you can hop in to the dialogue around this conversation as well. So for being here, taking in this convo, listening to us, as always, we love it. Know that you're here listening, acting, and being. So till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?